0: Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger. I'm here, actually I'm not here with producer Jason DeFilippo. I'm in Austin, and I'm recording this at AppSumo. Well, actually, sumo.com HQ. And uh, as you can tell, they're redoing their studio, so The acoustics are a little bit different than what you might expect from my studio. Anyway, here at The Art of Charm, we may not have all the answers. Certainly, of course, we have a lot of the questions. And today on Fan Mail Friday, those questions
1: are from you. All right, let's cut right to it. Hi, AOC team. I recently moved to the Bay Area to do an internship at a tech company. Thanks to the skills I learned through AOC, I was able to bond with other interns and form a group of friends. The only challenge is, one of the people in our group always tries to steal the conversation. And once he starts talking, he won't stop for 30 minutes. My question is, how can I change this dynamic without being rude? I tried to interrupt him a couple of times, and tried to involve other people in the conversation, but interrupting him is completely against the concept of being present and being a good listener. If I was his close friend, I would mention the issue directly, but we're not that close. He's a cool guy, and his stories are fun if he can keep them short. But I was wondering, what would you do in this situation? What's the correct way to deal with people like him in a group of friends, and what can I do to change the dynamics? Thanks. Signed. Can't get a word in edgewise. P.S. Jordan. I noticed that you're reading a bunch of books about Iran. As an Iranian who has lived there for 22 years, I would be glad to answer any questions if you find things that are not clear in the books. All
0: right. Hey, can't get a word in edgewise. This is how I would handle it. I'm not saying you have to do the same. Your mileage may vary, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. One, see if the others experience the guy in the same way. They probably do, but they don't know what to do about it. Two, Speak with him privately. Start by telling him that everyone likes him and that his stories are fun, but sometimes, sometimes, it seems like he's trying to take over the conversation and not let anyone else talk. Three, ask if he agrees with that, if that's something he's noticed. Four, he might know he has this issue, and if he doesn't, now he knows that other people are noticing it. Number five, after that conversation, don't avoid him or anything like that, just go on as normal. It sounds like he wants to be liked, and he's trying really hard to make sure that happens. So, if you let him know that he is liked, then maybe he won't have to try so hard. It's tempting to do this in a group, you know, approach him with other people, but don't do that. It will look like you're ganging up on him, which will feel like bullying, and that's no good. It's actually harder to do this on your own, of course, but trust me, it'll be better for all of you in the long run, and he'll probably respect it and
1: respect you that much more. All right, next up. Hello, Jordan. I'm a rather new listener all the way from old New Zealand, and I just want to say what you guys do is fantastic. This is a message for and about your listener with the girlfriend who attempted suicide. I listened to that segment three times because of its similarity to an experience I went through not three months ago. Funny enough, it's the same experience that led me to discover the Art of Charm. What you guys have said is spot on right, but there are two things I'd like to add. The best thing you can do for your ex is help her realize there is a life of fulfillment and happiness where you are not the source of that fulfillment and happiness. To be that nice guy, you must cut all ties with her, but cut it while she has a support network and ideally one that on regular intervals provides her with moments of fulfillment and happiness from friends and family. The second topic, and the one I personally still struggle with, is accountability. Once you've taken the steps that Jordan encouraged and put her in a position to eventually realize a life of fulfillment and happiness without you, you've done everything in your power to help her. Thus, you must realize you are no longer responsible for the outcome of her situation. You've done everything you can, and that's it. If things go the worst for her, you've still done the best you can. That alone is already more than it is expected of you. Your friendly Kiwi, Wyland. Your friendly Kiwi, Wheeland.
0: Thanks so much, Wheland. For those of you who are not familiar with what he's talking about, there was a listener earlier whose ex had said, that she was going to kill herself, she was suicidal, she was in another country with her family, and he felt like he was her only lifeline, and he was taking on a lot of that responsibility. Of course, we had said that that is absolutely not healthy for him to do, he needs to realize he's not responsible for the outcome of her situation while handling this in a caring way. So, I definitely agree with you here, Wyland. he cannot, you cannot, we cannot become the source of someone else's happiness. And once we realize that we can't become the source of someone else's happiness, then and only then can we let go of responsibility for someone else's happiness. There's a subtle distinction here, but it is very important. Thanks so much for pointing this out, Wyland. Very kind of you. And thanks for being a fan all the way down there in New Zealand. All right, moving right along.
1: Hello, Jordan. I'm a new listener to the show, and I'm really enjoying it. Working in finance, I have a lot of time to listen while staring at Excel spreadsheets and I appreciate the opportunity to improve myself and work on leaving everything and everyone better than I found them. My question is simple. Who's AJ? Your logo mentions someone named AJ along with Jordan Harbinger as the host of the podcast. Is this a nickname for Jason? Hi, Jason. Well, hello, back at you. Thanks again for a great podcast. Signed, Sammy Spreadsheet.
0: Right. So AJ is not a nickname for Jason. AJ was the original co host of this show years ago, 10 years ago, and he still appears on AOC Toolboxes and on some other episodes. He runs our boot camps. He's the head coach now. So it's not, he's not gone. He's not uh, disinterested. He's not uh, in another country hanging out, doing uh, some sort of retreat. He runs AOC as the CEO. So he's the, the, head business dude here at AOC. He runs the boot camps as the head coach along with Johnny. So he is still very much a part of the business. And for that reason, I have left him on the show art for the last man half decade plus where he has not been on most of the episodes. Just because he's a part of the brand, he's a part of the coaching, and he's really an integral part of the business. So here he is. And that should answer that. No, AJ is not a nickname for Jason. Jason's a totally different person. Hi, Jason.
1: Hi, Jordan. All right. Next question. Hey, Jordan. My family and I are considering a move to China within the next few years where I would teach English and my husband would do his work remotely since he's in IT. I have two young boys. We are excited about the adventure for our family and the possibility of our children becoming fluent in Mandarin. I have two questions for you and the AOC family. First, I'm interested in learning Mandarin before we leave. I've heard you mention your 8 a.m. Mandarin lessons in various shows. How did you start? What's worked and what hasn't? I love how you approach learning with a razor-sharp focus and determination, cutting out everything that doesn't serve you well. Please tell me all about your journey with the language. Secondly, I'm sure among the AOC family, there are some who have taught English in China and possibly some who are doing this right now. What advice would they have for us as I evaluate job opportunities and as we prepare to move our family to China? What do they wish they'd known before leaving? And what advice would they have for making the most of the experience while we are there? Thank you for creating a vibrant community of people who want to live life to the fullest. I appreciate all you do. Sincerely, Escapating Emily. Hey, Escapating Emily, this is great. This sounds really
0: interesting. I kind of want to move to China, too, or somewhere else just for a long period of time and get my kids that I don't have interested in foreign cultures and languages. Definitely start learning Mandarin before you leave. I'm sure you can start there, but you might as well start early because there is quite a curve here. I do take 8 a.m. Mandarin lessons several times a week. I take lessons on Skype. I'm happy to refer anyone who wants Chinese lessons to our teacher. There's dozens and dozens of teachers in every time zone. It works out to about $12, maybe $13 per hour for a one-on-one lesson. I study with a teacher then, I study the vocabulary separately in an app called Skritter, which follows the books that I use, the textbooks that I use. Skritter is about $100 a year because it's a managed service. They keep on automatically adding new vocab, and I manually add the vocabulary myself inside the app. It knows which words I miss more, it knows what type of Chinese I want to learn, so I skip writing. I work on reading and identification of characters, and it is an extremely useful app it's it's great to have one on one i just you cannot do the classes. It just won't work. Everybody learns at a different pace. If you're the slowest one, you're going to feel pressure from the other people who are faster. If you're the faster one, you're going to end up texting or reading your emails on your phone while you wait for other people to pronounce a word that you learned six months ago. That that was my experience, and it was a little brutal, and it ended up being more expensive than one-on-one lessons with a teacher. So I highly recommend grabbing these lessons. Again, I'm happy to refer you. Just email me, Jordan at theartofcharm.com The reason you have to email me is because they don't have a great referral system where you can just click, I have to actually make an intro to you with a special link. It's kind of silly, but I can I can do that individually. And I'm happy to do that 100 times if I need to. So that goes for everybody, they can email me for that. Definitely one-on-one lessons. You learn at your own pace. And if I had to do it over again, I would do less grammar, and I would do more reading books. Right now, I read books that are probably designed for six- or seven-year-old kids, maybe eight-year-old kids. They're really simple, but they use a lot of natural language. They use a lot of the way people talk, and they don't use a lot of these, oh, here's a construct you should know because this is how— you're gonna read them in academic books in 10 years. The textbooks tend to be geared towards academic stuff a lot more or they're geared towards little kids and they're not interesting. So I'd rather read a book for little kids than read a textbook for little kids, if that makes sense. So uh, the last but not least, don't bother learning how to write you don't need to learn how to write chinese the only time you'd ever need to write is if you were handwriting which you don't even probably do in english the reason you don't need to learn how to write is because stroke order and learning how to write chinese characters is a whole different it's like learning a separate language if you can read characters you'll be able to type in the pinyin, the romanized anglicized sounds on your phone the phone will suggest a character. And if you can read, you'll know which one is which. So if I type in bottle, and I can read the character for bottle, I type the sound for bottle in Roman text, so English letters, as you will, on your phone, it shows several options for those types of sounds. I pick the one that says bottle and boom, it's faster than writing. If you are not a native speaker, you're not going to dedicate years to writing, forget it. It will save you hundreds of hours, I'm not exaggerating, hundreds and hundreds of hours you'll save by not bothering to learn how to write. And just, if you don't believe me, because my Chinese teachers were so unhappy with my decision not to learn to to write Chinese, but I am light years ahead of the other students who started Chinese at the same time as me, because I'm not worried about stroke order and radicals and all these little things that you only need if you're handwriting Chinese characters. Think about the last time you wrote something in English. Do you really need to dedicate hundreds or even thousands of hours to be able to replicate that? Hell no. The only time you would ever need that is if you didn't have a device handy and you really had to leave someone a note and you couldn't dictate that note to another person. The odds of that ever happening are pretty much zero. So balance reading with grammar and mechanics. Once you get past the basics, read way more than you would study grammar. That was my mistake. I went with grammar for just years because I let the teachers dictate my course of study. Forget that. Use scritter, Forget learning how to write. It doesn't matter. Hire teachers on the ground once you do move there don't work in groups. Each if you work with your family, have each person have their own teacher or their lesson with the same teacher and rotate. That way nobody's getting lazy if you're learning with the whole family. Everyone can work at their own pace. And if there are AOC family expats in China, reach out. I will connect you to Escapating Emily and you guys can all hang out in China. <laughs>
3: indeed.com slash charm terms and conditions apply need
2: to hire you need indeed
1: all right next question hello aoc team i've been listening to the show for about two years i've even listened to a few of the quote-unquote waybacks as well as every available episode in itunes uh here's a pro tip if you want to hear even more episodes get the aoc app at theartofcharm.com slash iphone or slash android for more episodes Since iTunes caps us at about 300 shows, if you get the apps, they go back even farther. I believe that the content that you provide on Art of Charm is a benefit to everyone, and I'm grateful for all that you do. I know you're on a tight schedule, so let's get to it. I have misophonia, which is a relatively newly recognized condition. This condition causes me to have intense physiological and psychological reactions, a.k.a. fight or flight, to soft sounds and sights. To help you get the gist of what I mean, I can't look at people who chew gum. The sight of gum chewing triggers what I might hear if I heard them chewing gum. If I can hear the sounds their gum is making in their mouth, my entire presence is filled with dread or equally unpleasant and or appropriate feelings. I will also likely feel hostility and or aggression towards that person. The list of triggers goes on from jingling keys to pen clicking and also includes visual stimuli. Why am I telling you this? This condition has caused me to continually withdraw deeper and deeper from the majority of social interaction. At the heart, I'm a very social person. I love people, yet I find myself having less and less tolerance for the symptoms my condition causes. For example, I'm excused from Thanksgiving due to the unfortunate anxiety it causes. People who I would otherwise be friends with likely think I hate them, all because they shake their leg or eat in class. How can I tell people I'm not an asshole without them thinking I'm crazy? When is it appropriate to inform people of my condition, i.e. telling them I have a weird issue and asking them if they could chew that gum with their mouth closed, or to maybe eat those Cheetos after class? I do tell some people who sometimes are understanding, but it leaves me feeling half relieved and half defeated. What can I do to work on my social skills when I want to punch anyone who eats a chip? If I try really hard to tolerate my triggers, I am left completely exhausted and require lengthy periods of seclusion to recover. I'm 25 and have unfortunately accepted that I will likely have less and less social interactions until there is virtually none. The positive things I'm currently doing to cope are meditation, earbuds 24-7, except when in meetings, fans for white noise at home. A little side note by me, Jason, here. Uh, Check out the Marpoc Dome DS fan. Uh, We'll have it linked in the show notes. I have one at home that I use all the time for white noise, and it's fantastic, and it's pretty cheap at around 50 bucks. I'm also doing vigorous exercise, research, experimenting with treatments, working hard in school and at work. I go to a university and wonder if it would be possibly damaging to future opportunities to reach out to faculty in the health and services department. I would be willing to give interviews and participate in research in hopes of developing effective treatments. I'm an engineering student and could offer my services in the form of treatment technology, research and or electronics development. I want to be the best version of myself and I know my condition limits that potential. Anything that you can think of in terms of advice or resources would be amazing. Also, reading this to the AOC fam will warm my heart in the hopes that someone else on my level might find it consoling, knowing they're not alone. Thank you for everything. I can't wait to listen to the next AOC episode. Sincerely, please chew with your mouth closed. Hey, please chew with your mouth closed. This is highly unusual.
0: I've never heard of this. And don't take this the wrong way, because I really am out of my depth here, I think. But this sounds like possibly something... On the autism spectrum, I really can't think of anything else happening here. That said, I'm not a special educator. uh, I'm not an OT. I'm not a doctor, obviously. I I normally wouldn't even include something like this in a Fan Mail Friday where I have absolutely zero advice other than get tested for autism and see specialists. But I'm betting there's somebody else out there listening right now who has much more of an idea about this than I do. And I would love for them to chime in here so that I can connect you to. I've truly never heard of this, and it sounds positively miserable. I'm so sorry for you. I know what my pet peeves are and how annoying they can be, so I can only imagine what it's like when you have a lot of them and you really can't control them and they're all just cranked up to 11. So if this condition sounds like something you've heard of, dealt with, you deal with this professionally, email me, jordan at theartofcharm.com. I would love to introduce you to Please Chew With Your Mouth closed, because it seems like she just doesn't know where to
1: start. All right, Jason, next up. Hello, Jordan and the AOC family. I'm writing in because I've listened to your podcast for a while now, and your advice is always spot on. I need it for a huge transition I have coming up in my life. I'm leaving my underpaid, underchallenged position for a career as a real estate broker, and I have some emotional challenges ahead. Mainly, my obstacles are in a constellation around my recent diagnosis and treatment of two conditions, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, an autoimmune disease that destroys the organ responsible for metabolism and energy, and autism. First, I simply worry that I'll be unable to maintain the adequate energy and social skills needed for sales-based self-employment. Second, until and unfortunately after my diagnosis, my symptoms were dismissed as personality defects, like laziness, being a whiny millennial, being overly negative, my autism has also brought along depression, not wanting to work, and having a lousy work ethic. After hearing this for so long, I've internalized it, and I still believe it, despite having a diagnosis and a valid reason for my symptoms. Lastly, with my treatments, I feel normal for the first time since I can remember. Now, that's brought along anger and bitterness at being called lazy when I worked so hard against those unknown obstacles and bitterness towards normal people who complain about how hard things are for them. If they have this energy and don't have the same anxiety and difficulty socially, how can they complain? I know pain is relative, so this is a feeling that I want to get past just because it's an unethical one. It's just hard to take people seriously when they complain about being tired when they went to bed at 4 a.m. and I went to bed at 9 p.m. and am even more tired than they are due to my conditions. I want to go into my new career with a clear head and a clear focus on my goals. I know I'll need it to be successful. Any help and advice will be greatly appreciated. Thanks, Down and Out. Hey, Down and Out, uh, very clever name. This is
0: similar to the earlier question, which is why I've stacked these together. Look, I know we've got people here dealing with Hashimoto's because I've heard of it in other Fan Mail Friday letters. Forget about what other people do that makes you angry. People care more about their own problems than your problems. There's a that old saying, people care more about their own paper cut than a flood in China that kills 200 people, something like that. Your problems are relative look, sure, they're complaining, they're tired, and you're saying I'm factually more tired because I've got a thyroid issue. Look, somewhere there's a girl with no legs who's exhausted just getting ready in the morning, and she thinks you're both whiners. So you see the issue? The key here is to realize that other people's issues are theirs alone, and you really shouldn't worry about it nor care relative to your own issues. I'm not saying don't care about other people. I'm saying don't compare other people's problems to your own. Makes no sense. It has nothing to do with you. Just as your problem's have nothing to do with them and frankly they don't care it's just not a contest if it were you'd both lose to the girl with no legs who'd lose to the girl with no legs and only one arm who'd lose to the guy with no legs and no arms who woke up feeling great and is wondering why everyone's complaining so damn much You see where this is going? So I'm not saying you don't have any issues to complain about. I'm just saying that complaining, you've got it tougher than others, even if you do, and being upset when some older fart tells you that millennials have it easier, that we're lazy. It's never going to get you an inch further than where you are now. So shift your focus. And we're rooting for you, girl. Keep in touch. Documentary of the week, not really a documentary this time, so I'm cheating here, but it's called Rosewater. It's a docudrama type situation. It's really just a, uh, well, it's really just a drama based on real life. And it's about a journalist who went to Iran to cover the 2009 elections, captures something on camera, and he's detained and he's just brutally interrogated after Iranian forces accuse him of spying. And I've heard from people living in Iran that this is quite accurate and uh, close true to life. It's directed by the Daily Show host Jon Stewart. So if it, it may be a little bit sort of lefty, but it's kind of lefty for Iran. So you won't see a lot of US politics or anything like that. A, a tremendous amount of bias in here. At least none that I could really see that would that would be annoying. And I think y'all will enjoy that because I found it to be an interesting look at Just a a really good compare contrast to how things work over there compared to here. And it gave me kind of a newfound appreciation for freedom of the press, Uh, at least so insofar as we have that here in the United States. Hope you all enjoyed the episode today. Don't forget, you can email us at Friday at theartofcharm.com to get your questions answered on the air. I keep everyone anonymous. You can either make up your own funny name or we can do it. If it's feedback for the show, we're fans of strong opinions loosely held and we'd love to argue like we're right, but of course, we like to listen like we're wrong. So don't be shy to hit us up over here. And if you've got your own advice for some of the people you've heard from today, let me know. If it's something that can help everyone, I may read it on the show. And like I said, I'd love for you to connect regarding our friend Emily going to China and our other friend Chew With Your Mouth Closed who has uh, that unusual disorder here. A link to the show notes for this episode can be found at theartofcharm.com slash FMF for Fan Mail Friday 127. Quick shout-outs to Ron, whose wife just had a brain tumor removed, and now she's back to her old self. So glad to hear about that, buddy. What a relief. And another shout-out to Rachel Starr. She's a well-known actress in certain circles, who is also a big AOC fan. Thanks for reaching out, Rachel. You've got something in your hair there, Rachel. Are you in a strange land listening to our familiar voice? If so, hit me up and we'll shout you out. I'd love to hear from you either way. I'm on Twitter at The Art of Charm. It's a great way to engage with the show. And don't forget, Jason's there too at JPDef. That's J-P-D-E-F. And he's also got his own show, Grumpy Old Geeks, on every Monday. It's uh, pretty much about what the name says. Also, don't forget about the Art of Charm challenge. You can text AOC. That's AOC to 38470. That's AOC to 38470 or go to theartofcharm.com slash challenge. We're taking you step by step at becoming better at making connections, both personally and professionally, becoming a better networker, increasing your personal social capital and your charisma, and it's for both guys and gals. So check that out. Text AOC to 38470 or go to theartofcharm.com slash challenge. More from AOC at theartofcharm.com, including info on our live residential boot camps. We run those every single week here in L.A., so if you really want to dig deep into this stuff work on all these skills with us as your AOC coaches. That info is at theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp. We just had a whole week full of the Green Berets and U.S. Army Special Forces. They loved it. So we're looking forward to having more Army and more Special Forces coming through the door here. We do accept cryptocurrency. Speak kind of the opposite of pain from the government. Anyway, get out there, connect, and leave everyone better than you found them.